Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. I'm Amy. And I'm Andy. Great to be here with you guys today. We're so happy to have you with us this Sunday. Today is a special day and we want to give a big shout out to all of our dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Much. You're it's, welcome. Uh, it is a great day. It is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, uh, dads. Uh, we had a big weekend this past week uh, here at High Point. Uh, if you remember, uh, or maybe you got to participate in it, uh, we went to the baseball game on Friday night. Braves versus the Cardinals. That's right. That's right. And unfortunately, things didn't go the right way in fairness of the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves took the victory. It was a difficult day. It was a difficult day. It was a sad day in the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis. I'm a Cardinals fan. And I have to say that I've been working on some resentment and bitterness in my soul. So we're really going to pray for that to really flow through uh, Gerald today <laughs> oh, yeah, when he right. speaks, right? Yeah. Uh, no, but more than anything, uh, the result of that means that Andy here is going to show up to our 4th of July cookout coming up all decked out as the best, biggest Braves fan you have ever seen. It's okay. going to be amazing. All right. This is fair. This is the. I feel like at in, tall I, order. I feel like we should have like like a cowbell or something. Like whenever he hears the cowbell, okay. he has to start doing this like is the tomahawk chop or something. This is cross the line. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's going to be great! So there's a little <laughs> reminder: we do have a big cookout coming up on the fourth of July. You'll get to see Andy rocking some Braves attire, and we're just going to have a great time. It's going to be super fun. So we hope you can come to that. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great uh, service in store. Um, you've already heard it once, but let me say it again. If this is your first time, we're thrilled to have you here today. A lot of the ways for you to get involved and participate uh, can happen if you text HP Info to 97000. You're going to hear about that a few more times uh, here this Sunday. But as we get started with worship and a great message coming up from Gerald Stafford, you'll hear yeah. that in a second. We want to pray and we're going to transition into a time of worship. Sounds you good. You want to pray for us? Sure. Father, we just thank you so much for um, today. God, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, God. And I just pray for those uh, where maybe this day is a tough day. God, we ask that you would step in and uh, just extend your loving kindness, God, to those who are in need of it today. God, we pray for your presence to be here. God, we pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, flow through the worship and the message today and really minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All creation speaks your glory.
Father, we thank you for this time uh, right now of worship. We thank you, uh, Lord, that we stand in awe of you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you in all the earth. Lord, we worship you. Uh, We lift your name above every other name. And today, uh, we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son uh, for humanity, for us, for your people. Uh, God, we thank you for new life today uh, and the Holy Spirit that works inside of us, moving on your behalf. Lord, we thank you and worship you today. Amen. Amen. Great to, to be here with you this morning. Uh, if we didn't get a chance to, if I didn't get a chance to introduce myself uh, on the front end, if you jumped in a little bit later, my name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. Uh, like I said, great to worship with you. We're going to continue this time of worship through our giving, uh, through the offering. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Uh, you, you, if you've been around on a High Point stream before, uh, then you've certainly heard this, but maybe this is your first time here. Welcome, by the way. If you take your phone or your device and you text HPINFO to 97000, uh, you'll receive a text right back. Uh, from our church, and with it will be a link where you can get plugged in with different events. Uh, you can you can fill out a communication card, but you can also give. And we want to continue this time of worship through the offering. Uh, this is a way that we basically exalt God, and we say thank you for what you've done in our lives. Uh, here, we're giving this back to you. It's yours anyway. You've done this. You've produced this in my life. I credit you. In fact, we give and we give generously with the expectation that God would multiply it, grow it, stretch it, and advance his kingdom through our church. Uh, That's just one of the ways uh, that we worship today. And so I want to invite you to do that. Let's give. Let's give cheerfully. Let's give generously. Amen. Here's what I want to to let you guys know today. Uh, I'm not preaching today. Um, The great Gerald Stafford is preaching. Gerald has been uh, a leader in our church now for some time, several years. Uh, He's become a great friend, carries weight in our church. There's no one I trust more uh, in terms of of speaking truth and discipling people and investing uh, in other men. He leads an an incredible Thursday night life group. Uh, And here we are on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, by the way, men. We get to hear from Gerald Stafford as he's going to impart to us a tremendous message as he closes our series, Brick by Brick. Let's give it up in the comment thread for Gerald. Welcome High Point Church family. That's right, I said family. My name is Gerald. Um, Let me just tell you, if you've been here once, twice, three times, it doesn't matter. You are family, and I thank you guys for being online with us. I want to thank Pastor Andy for trusting me and giving me this opportunity to speak with you and share with you this morning. I have to say, I don't, he left the bar there calling me the great drill. I don't know about all that, right? But, but I do appreciate this opportunity uh, to have a chance to speak with you this morning and share with you this morning as we uh, close out our series on uh, the Book of Acts and the Early Foundations of the Church, uh, Brick by Brick. Also with that, I have to give a big Happy Father's Day to all my men out there. Ooh, that's right. Happy Father's Day, man. Now, listen, I'm a little bitter. I'm working on this right now because I'm tired of Father's Day being subpar holiday to Mother's Day. I don't know. Matter of fact, you could type it in the chat if you feel in the same way. And this is how you could tell it's subpar. Look at the advertisements. Everything is commercialized, right? So just look at the ads right now. Mother's ads, diamonds, all these jewelry things and everything else like that. Spa days. What do we get for Father's Day? Buy him a grill. Get him an apron. Do, buy him a lawnmower so we could do more work for the house. Listen, I even told my kids, you're about 20 years old now for some of them. Don't come with no makeup card and you colored a card and wrote a card for me. I don't want to hear that crap. I'm done with Father's Day like that. You better spend some money. You're making some money. Spend some money. Show that I'm appreciated. <sighs> Let me calm down right now because the bitterness is just not good. But on the real, happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. And let's set the bar. Let's raise that bar a little higher out there, okay? But uh, I want to welcome you all once again. Um, as we enter in, I'm going to actually start praying first as we get ready to get jump right into the message. So, <sighs> following God, first of all, take away my bitterness <laughs> for Father's Day. But no, Lord, seriously, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, just to share. 
right now, Lord God, I lay myself down for you. Let it be all of you and none of me. Let your Holy Spirit take over right now, Lord God. Right now, Lord God, I pray that you just will soften the hearts of all those who are listening today. Lord God, give them ears to hear. Lord God, give me the words to speak. Even, Lord God, if, if it's different from what I'm preparing, and just let me be sensitive to your spirit, sensitive to your word, so that we could just grow in you. In Jesus' precious mighty name, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we were going into the book of Acts, um, I'm going to cover a little bit on Acts 9, and, and, and we're talking about uh, brick by brick, the early foundations of the church. And, and one of the things that I love when we, and we're going to get into the word in a minute, but one of the things I love is at some point, God promised things in the Bible. As you look at the Bible, you know, God has always had an interaction and an encounter with his people. Not only that, he promises before Jesus' return that everybody will have an encounter with him. Everybody will have an opportunity to know who he is, okay? And, and what I love about that is that as you look through the Bible from the burning bush with, with Moses and, 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 and David and all the things, he, how he encountered God and, and Abraham and his encounter with God, and of course, we're going to get into about how Saul's encounter with God. Everybody had an encounter. All their encounters are different. Right. And, and I, I believe that some of the encounters that we face are partly because just, you know, what we need for our encounter. So maybe you guys are right there listening about your encounter with God and you're saying to myself, who did I have my encounter with God yet? I can't wait for my encounter to happen. Maybe you you are wondering if you had your encounter with God and, you know, you're saying, you know, I, I go to church. You know, I, I, I've been going to church forever. I'm on a praise and worship team. Maybe you're thinking, hey, listen, I read the word. I, I know the 23rd Psalm in the Lord's Prayer. I take communion. Heck, I know the words to amazing grace. You know, but you're still wondering in the back of your mind, did you have an encounter with God? You know, and then maybe some of you guys had that encounter with God and you remember it. You remember the day, the dates. You know, I know a lot of people that can remember the day and they say, hey, I got saved on this day. This is what happened. You know, and you're thinking back on it. And then as you're thinking back on it, you get those feelings that you had felt the first time you encountered them. And then you're now questioning, like, well, where are those feelings now? What, what's going on here? You know, and maybe you just might need a fresh encounter with God, you know? And so, so at some point, one of those stages are happening, and, and that's okay. What, 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 is, what is fundamentally true, though, for all your encounters and everyone's encounter, regardless, one thing's positive, everyone's encounter will be different, but you will have an encounter, or you have had an encounter, and nine times out of ten, you will have many more encounters with Christ. Now, as I speak today, you're going to hear me go back and forth and say, God, Christ, Lord, you know, and, and right now when I say those things, I want you to think them as synonymous, okay? I want you to think them as the same thing because Paul actually encountered, had an encounter with Jesus. You know, in the early days, they had an encounter with God, but either way, it's that triune being with the Holy Spirit where you're going to have that encounter. So, <laughs> And Paul, when we look at uh, Paul or Saul, by the way, that's going to be synonymous too. Paul's name is Saul. My brother's name is Stone, but yet his name is Rob. Everyone has different names. I don't know what the problem is with all that. Just pick one name and live by it. Mama named me Paul. You named Paul. But let's go through that anyway. So <laughs> as you go through the word, I, I was thinking about as we get into Saul, what I love as we close this is every one of us can relate to Saul or the Apostle Paul. They're the same person, Okay. Every one of us can relate to Saul. We are all Saul in some way. So I was thinking out when I was growing up, you know, my wife and I, whatever, we just, have you all actually just had a song that you just love, you know, and you know the words of the song. You're like, ah, get it, get it. Yeah. And you're singing the words and you know all the words of the song and it's going on great. And then, you know, so, and maybe it was a childhood song. Maybe it was a nursery rhyme. Who knows what it is. All right. But it was, it was something that you knew all the words to. Okay. And then. 10 years later, that song comes on the radio. Oh, this is my jam. And you're singing a song. and You're like, oh, my God. And you're going that deep in. And then your kids or somebody says to you, you know what they're talking about, right? And you're looking at them. Man, man, I know all these words. Yeah, but you know what they're talking about, right? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And then they start telling you that the words to these songs are describing these particular actions or this particular situation or this particular scenario. And then you're jaw drops and you're like oh my oh my gosh what let's talk about that no and then you start repeating the words you're like oh my gosh it 
is saying that. So between all the similes and metaphors and all this, all this stuff and, and great descriptions, they're talking about something that you really probably shouldn't even be singing. The problem is like you knew the words, but you didn't know the words. Let me, let me, um, let's put it like this. You knew the words as for what the words were, but you didn't know the words for what they were referring to or who they were referring to. That's Saul. So if that has happened to you, like it has happened to me on numerous songs and numerous occasions and other different things, we can relate to that right now. That's who Saul is. What I love about it is Jesus met Saul in that. So if we can, we're going to, you know, actually it's funny. <laughs> I don't know about you. I grew up in church and um, it's just because it was one of the things I did. I'm just be honest with you. Go to church, boy. Yes, ma'am. You know, it's one of the things you did. And, 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 and me growing up in church, you know, there's certain things that we just do because we're, we, we call it trustosity, churchified. You call it whatever you want. There's certain things you just do. And you do them because everyone else is doing them or someone told you to do them. But you don't know exactly why you're doing them. So sometimes knowing the words is not just a thing. Sometimes you just go through certain emotions. And for me, when I was in church, I never forget. <laughs> I call it one of my duh or aha moments. I went to church and I used to always raise my hand. <laughs> And, you know, just, you know, because everyone else raised their hands during praise and worship, they raised their hands for whatever else. And I never really knew why I raised my hands. And I know right now you guys are thinking, come on, Joe, you know what it means. No, I, I didn't know what it means until I was in my mid-30s. Don't worry about how old I am right now, okay? But I didn't know what it means until I was in my mid-30s. And um, one day, it wasn't until I had an aha moment when one of the pastors said, now just raise your hands and, and just surrender it all to Christ. Just give it all to God. And then... I probably heard it before, but I never heard anyone say it before because I just wasn't paying attention. I was just going through the motions. But that's the first time I had that, aha. You remember coming to America? Aha. At that aha moment where, duh, if a police officer tells you to freeze, you're in that moment where you're just raising your hands, showing that you have nothing that you are hiding that you are no longer a threat to yourself or anyone else, that you give it all up to that officer and surrender. And raising your hands in church meant, I surrender to you, God. I'm not thinking about what I want. I'm not thinking about anything. And, I, and it was just an aha moment for me. And I didn't even know that. And you know what? That might be, I think, my very first encounter with Christ. It wasn't some big thing that we're about to read from Paul. It wasn't some meta, metamorphic, gigantic, whatever one enormous thing that, that you could say, oh, yeah, I was jumping off a cliff and then my parachute didn't open and then all of a sudden a, blue, a wind blew and I got into the ocean. I was alive. No, that, it wasn't one of those things, right? It was just like, oh, that's what it means. I give myself away. And that was the first time my heart felt something different from Raising my hands, knowing the meaning of what we're doing, knowing the meaning of the words that we say, actually understanding that helps you encounter Christ in a totally different way. So what I want to do is I want to read, matter of fact, I want you guys to do this. Pastor Amy did this last week and I thought it was just awesome. So Father, I also pray for that. There are no distractions today. Okay, I want you guys to get a, a pen and paper. I'll, I'll wait. I'll keep talking for a minute. Go get that pen and paper. Make sure your phone's there, your Bible's there, and at least write down the scriptures because there's some scriptures I'm going to read straight from the word. And there's other scriptures I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not going to lie, I'm going to kind of make them sound more entertaining, okay? But, but, but for the most part, I want you to make sure you go back and look up what I'm saying is accurate. No, you shouldn't, and I, this is no offense to Pastor Annie or anybody, right? The Bible tells us to study for ourselves. So you should never take and hang on the words from anyone that is talking to you without you going back and looking it up and get that, that confirmation for yourself. You need to study for yourself to make sure that's there. So I want you to make sure you have these papers as we look at the book, uh, uh, Acts chapter 9, and we're going to read 1 through 19. This is, it's a decent amount of scripture, but I'm going to read it one time, and then we, we're just going to refer back to it after that. So if you have your Bibles, type it in the chat and say, got it. Yeah, I can see it. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So then Saul, who is Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue, uh, asked letters 
from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Let me just stop for a minute. Basically, the way is Christianity nowadays. It was called the way. And by the way, he did not discriminate men or women. So he was just wanted to grab everybody, cuff them up, and let's go handle the business, okay? As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And then the men, excuse me, and then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate or drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Let me just do something here to clarify. It's not the same Ananias that dropped dead that Pastor Andy talked about with Sapphira who, who promised to give a certain thing and didn't. You know, there's a lot of people named Rob, a lot of people named John. Ananias was very popular back then, okay? So uh, there was a man named Ananias, and he said, here, he says, and to the Lord's vision, Ananias, here he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Ananias, arise and go to the street called Street and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Taurus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in, the, coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from, from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is chosen vessel of mine to bear my name to bear my name for before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went and went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, "Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me to receive sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled." with the Holy Spirit. Immediately they fell from his immediately fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. So when he received food and he was strengthened, then Saul spent some days at the at Damascus with the disciples. Now, that was a lot, right? But I'm going to break this down into four simple things for you, okay? When you have an encounter with Christ, no matter who you are, <laughs> four things will automatically happen. First of all, I also want to make sure you understand something here, right? You will have an encounter with Christ. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to have an encounter with Christ, okay? You might have an encounter with Christ with your car. You know, some of you might have had that. So you might have an encounter with Christ in the bathroom. You might have an encounter with Christ while you're at work. You might have an encounter with Christ while you're online right now. You might have an encounter in Christ while you're at church. You might have an encounter with Christ at work. You might have an encounter with Christ when a friend invites you to a wedding, to a funeral, to whatever is going on. You will have an encounter with Christ. And the best thing about it is you don't have to be prepared for it. And nine times out of ten, you won't be prepared for it because he's going to meet you where you're at. And I, and I want to clarify this, too. There's a lot of people that I meet and I talk to, and they want to try to get things right before they decide to come back to Christ or before they decide to search, seek Christ out. They want to get things right, but that's not what it's about. He wants you, and he will meet you where you are. <laughs> that right there gives me great comfort. But you will have an encounter with Christ. And let's talk about the four things. I want to just give the four things that will come across Um as you count Christ. First thing happens is when it happens in Paul when in the very beginning where, let me see what verse that is. I believe it's verse five. In verse five, Paul says, who are you, Lord? He counters with Christ and the first thing happens is he says, who are you, Lord? 
number one thing that will happen to everyone when you encounter Christ, no matter what, questions will come. You're going to start asking questions. Now, your questions might not be, who are you, Lord? <laughs> your questions can range from, from anything. I, I, I know with me, <laughs> when I had questions uh, and my first encounter of Christ, even while raising my hand uh, to finish that story, is um, after I was raising my hand, I knew things were going on. I was like, something was urging me to, to, to go down to the altar. And I'm like, what's going on? Question number one, what's going on? Why is there this pounding in my chest? Man, they're trying to make me go to the altar. This song is playing and they're talking to me. He thinks he knows me. What, what, why am I crying? I, I can't control these tears. What, why? I don't care what's happening. I'm not going down to the altar. Why are my feet moving? Where am I going? What is happening? These things, <laughs> an encounter with Christ will cause confusion, right? But in that confusion, it causes questions. But it's amazing because the questions are so weird and you're actually doing things doing those questions. And, 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 and I don't know, maybe you guys had some things like that too, where you're just wondering, you know, you know, what's going on when you encounter Christ? Or why do you want me to do that? So I want to make sure that you understand when you encounter Christ, it will cause a lot of questions. I know a lot of times when you think about God and we're, you know, we give God a lot of reverence and, 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 and of course we're supposed to, you know, but you know, we could get all wooly with it. And it's like, you know, God speaking to me, you know, first of all, let's just make, put it in perspective, right? When you encounter a Christ, it doesn't have to be this big ginormous thing, right? And, and it even seem a little bit scary, but here's the thing I want you to remember. This is why I love the word, by the way. If you look at most of Christ's encounters, and remember, Christ and God synonymous, right? When you look at these encounters, whether it was with God, whether it was a, with an angelic being, whether it was, was in a vision or through a vision, whenever the encounter happened, there were two words that, that came usually preceding those encounters, right? Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. You know, I'm here to give your life some, some direction. I'm here to show you a better way. I'm here to introduce something to you. I'm here as a answer to your prayer. Prayer. I'm here to give a better understanding of what's going on. I'm here to bring you life. Listen, because I don't want you to misunderstand what we're saying here. When you encounter Christ, you're encountering a love that is so great that wants to encompass you so that you could just Grow, go from where you are to where you should be, right? It might not be exactly where you want to be, but to where you should be. And it's always going to be better. It's always going to be a benefit to you. It is, it is like, it is a fear not because I am is with you. And when I say I am, I mean, that's how God described himself. I am, I am that thing that you need. I am that peace. I am that joy. I am that comfort. I am that resolution. I am is here with you and for you. Get that encounter, man. It's so good. It's so good. There's nothing like that love that, that comes that way when you encounter, encounter Christ. You know, there's many of us, when the encounter comes that we get a, you know, it might come, you know, how he does it depends on our heart. Right. For some of us, you know, you might be set in your ways. Um, you might you might need a refreshing. You might be stale with with though, you know, who God is and things like that. You're you're going through motions and you might need something a little bit different. Uh, but but, you know, one of the questions that I always ask you is, you know, well, once I encounter Christ, what am I supposed to do? Right. No matter what, encountering Christ causes you to ask questions. And one of the questions that most people ask is what I, what do I do now? Right? Which is perfect because it leads you to the second key point that you need to know that happens to absolutely everyone when they have an encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, he will always give you instructions. There's not a time that you will see in the word that he will not give you instructions. He will tell you who he is. He, you're going to start asking all these questions. He's going to identify himself. And then he's going to tell you something to do.
Let's look at the, let's, let's go back to what he said to Paul. Okay. In Acts nine, he says to Paul, Hey, I want you to go to Damascus. <laughs> First of all, I love this part. I want you to go to Damascus and wait there. First of all, those instructions stink. Okay. Number one, he didn't say how long, what am I waiting for? That's just blatant. Just go to Damascus and wait there, man. That is crazy to me. <laughs> Man, you tell me to go somewhere and wait for you. You got about five, maybe 10 minutes before you better show up, right? Maybe 10. If you don't show up after I'm waiting after 10 minutes, I'm out of there, right? We're like that too, right? We're just like that. Church, hey, we better be done in about 15 more minutes, buddy. You know, I got, I got, I got the NBA playoffs coming on, by the way, go Sixers. But you know what, listen, but this is what, this is what we, who we are. <laughs> this is exactly who we are, right? But God, when he gives you instructions, <laughs> I don't mean to say this bad, but sometimes they just don't make sense. But we learned that from Pastor Amy last week, right? Everything is in the details. All you have to do is just obey it. Follow those instructions, right? Sometimes the instructions don't even make sense. And, and we learned that with Enoch and Philip, right? God told Philip to go to a desert road, a desert road in the middle and the high noon, man. You know, you, I can picture, you see the tumbleweeds going on and he's running. And first of all, first of all, why are you running after a horse? That alone doesn't make sense. But the details, just obey it and things will happen. So he told Paul to go to Damascus and wait there. And by the, by the way, while you're at it, let me take that sight right there. Let me just, let me just make sure you can't see. This is, this is what's really amazing about it. When you encounter Christ, he will give you instructions. Moses in a burning bush, right? Take off your shoes, blah, 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 blah. This is holy ground. And then he's given him a whole bunch of things that what he will do, right? By the way, notice what Moses did. But God, uh, what if this and what if that? Questioned. <laughs> I love it. Abraham and Isaac, right? Uh, Abraham, go to this place and sacrifice your son. And, and it was so many different things that he gave some, I'm not gonna lie, he gave some instructions that just sound absolutely crazy. Hey, why don't you mar mar march around this wall seven times, then blow a horn and just watch the wall fall down. Oh man, what if they said no? You know, this is the instructions, the instructions, they don't have to make sense to us, but we just have to follow those instructions, but he will give you instructions. For me, my instructions were what? Raise your hands. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Go down to that altar. Do this. It, do, it, it doesn't have to be something ginormous. Just follow the instructions. It's, uh, it's interesting how one of those stories leads me to uh, the story of Naaman. Matter of fact, you could write this down if you can, and I'm going to paraphrase this one because it could be a long story. But uh, it's in uh, 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5. Okay. Uh, we talk about the story of Naaman. Naaman is a uh, is a, basically a, a big dog general, okay? He's a, he actually reminds me of David a lot, right? So Naaman's a general in the army of this king, and, and the king loves David. You know, he basically, I mean, the king loves Naaman. You know, he basically says Naaman is highly esteemed. Why? Because all the battles that Naaman wins, because Naaman knows the Lord. The Lord awards and wins the battles for him. But the problem with Naaman is, he has leprosy. You know, they, they call it a skin disease in different versions. People believe it to be leprosy. But Naaman has leprosy. And so one of Naaman's servants overhears this lady talking about a, a prophet, Elijah, in a town of Samaria. And he's like, you know, how he's doing these wonderful works by God. And so the servant tells Naaman. Naaman gets permission from the king. The king writes a letter to, to the other king in that land where, where, where Elisha is. And, and, Eli and Naaman packs up his stuff. And he's like with, with loads of gifts. Of, of gold and silver, and he make his way to Samaria to see this prophet, man. This is General Naaman of this land from this king that has the king's letter in hand to make way for me to come to your town. So <laughs> this is the best part, right? So when he gets there, Elijah sends out a messenger to Naaman. It doesn't come out himself. And, and when he comes, comes there, he, he sends him out a messenger and say, hey, with instructions, do this, do that. Go bathe in this river, which is the, the dirtiest and the worst rivers of all that's out in that time. Go bathe in this river seven times. And when you come back, you'll be clean. Now, now, Naaman's like, hold up. 
First of all, I traveled all this way, bro, all these gifts, and you're not going to take the time to come see me? Do you not know who I am? Second of all, second of all, look at this river. Look at that river. Look at these places that are beautiful that I could bathe in. And, and you want me to get into that old pasty sewage thing over there, right? And bathe seven times, bathe in the nastiest river. What sense does that make to bathe in the river that's the nastiest of all the rivers with all the pollution and all that other stuff? You want me to do that? He's like, this man lost his mind, right? So I'm not going to finish the story yet because this is what I want you to get to. <laughs> Sometimes when God is telling you instructions, he's going to give you instructions that's going to test your heart. Naaman had a heart of pride. And Naaman had a heart of, of just like he deserved better. He had to humble himself. Many times when God encounters you and when he gives you instructions, he's going to humble you. He's going to do something that will directly affect your heart that will make you either obey or disobey, which comes to the third point. Okay? The third point that will happen to absolutely everybody when you have an encounter with Christ is you will have a choice to obey or disobey. That's the question. What will you do? Are those instructions beneath you? Are you going to have to get off your pedestal to, to do these things that Naaman said? You know, that Naaman was told to do? You know, maybe your instructions will make you have to apologize to somebody. What? I'm their boss. What am I going to go to apologize to them for? Apologize to my wife? Don't you know I'm the man? Apologize to my kids? I'm dad. It's Father's Day. You lost your mind on apologizing to my kids. Dad does no wrong. Right? Okay? He might make you apologize. He might make you spend some money. What? Why would he God would make me spend money? If that's your heart, he would. Go give to this. He might make you call Pastor Andy and volunteer your time. He might make you serve in children's church. What? Children's church? I got enough rugrats at home. He might make you be a greeter. He might make you become the handyman at your church. He might make you do something that you don't want to do. And you have a choice to follow those instructions or not. Man, oh man. Let me tell you. I'm about to tell you a story about what he made me do. You're not going to want to hear it. But I'll just tell you this, though. Let's finish Naaman. I want to finish Naaman. So Naaman, <laughs> this is the best part, right? Naaman's servant. Naaman's servant says, hey, master, if the man told you to do some great thing, because it, because it will be seen by many, right? Because it will show how great you are. Would you not have done it? Well, why can't you do this little thing? where maybe no one will see you, but it's going to produce the fruit of what you want. Man, how many times do we do things because people are going to see us? How many times, and listen, I'm not even being, I'm being real, right? <laughs> don't get me wrong, I didn't want to do this. I, don't, I didn't want to be here. I don't want to be seen, okay? But there's loads of times that we do things so we might just go to a church study or Bible study or whatever, or go to a show up in prayer to say, off my list, look, pastor, I was there. Make sure he sees me. And guess what? When the pastor's not there that week, guess who else is not there? Man, I hope I'm not, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know, don't get mad at me. I'm just talking to you. This is how I do. All right. But this is what it's about. This is what it's about. Can you do those little things to get the desired effect that you want? It's not about the big woo-ha. A lot of times we always think that, you know, I remember that scripture also where it talks about how Jesus, sometimes he's just in that still quiet voice. We think it's going to be that thunder and that, that storm and that rain and that fire. And then, you know, because he does come as fire. He does, and when he comes back, well, just let you know, will be some fire and some stuff going on. But right now, sometimes it's just that little quiet voice. I'm not calling myself Jesus, but maybe right now I might be coming through this online conversation I'm having with you, right? Just something that I love our sitting hall, something that makes you, makes you say, hmm, you know? By the way, in the word, when you see that word selah, all that is is just saying, hmm, think on these things, you know? So that's what happens, right? 
So one, we have, when you have an encounter with Christ, you will always have questions. Questions will come. Two, when you have an encounter with Christ, he will always give you instructions. Three, when you have an encounter with Christ, now the choice comes. Are you going to follow those instructions? Now, sometimes, let me, let me, let me, I want to make sure I'm not making this clear, making this for just people that are having a new encounter with Christ, right? Because once you have an encounter with Christ, there's going to be, hopefully, continuously more encounters with Christ, okay? Let me give you an example. It's right here in Amen. It's right here in Ananias with uh, Acts chapter 9 and 10. Jesus went to Ananias, right? And he said, Ananias. Now, notice he didn't ask, who are you, Lord? His answer was, yes, Lord. I don't want you to miss that. Number one, it shows that he already knew who he was. That means he's in communication. He has a relationship with him. He says, yes, Lord. Number two, I think that we misinterpret the word Lord, all right? Because the same thing that that, 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 that Saul said, even when he didn't even know Jesus and he was persecuting him, he also said, who are you, Lord? I want to make sure you understand the term Lord here because this is so significant. Lord, when Saul said it, Lord is the, he knew it was Lord. He knew it was almighty. He knew there was an act of submission that had to be done to this because there was a power behind what was going on right there. There was a power that it says he, he fell off his horse. He didn't get off his horse. He fell off his horse. There was a power that had him trembling, shaking in his knees, it says. He says he was trembling. There's a power that shined a bright light. Okay, there was a voice. There was this 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 thing that was there that he knew he could not control. And it was far superior than him that he had to submit to. Who are you, Lord? Or who are you, Lord? <laughs> I love that. Right. Same thing with Ananias. Who are you, Lord? Now, so Ananias already knew what who God was and who Jesus was. Now, at the same time, here's the second part. Jesus still gave Ananias instructions. I need you to go to this man Saul over here. Knock on his door. I told him that you're coming to restore his sight. By the way, I love this because did Ananias really have a chance to disobey? Because he gave Saul a vision that a man named Ananias is coming. <laughs> that part by itself already knew that, this is a big part, that he knew that Ananias was submitted to him because he is his Lord. And there's a relationship that is already established there. But that doesn't change the fact that Ananias did what? Questioned him. Questions are okay. He still questioned him. He said, hold up, God. You're telling me that you want me to go to this dude, right? This dude has a posse. He's coming. To, I heard this dude all over the town that this dude is coming to wreck shop. He's coming to put some, put, put, bring the noise to us that believe in you. He is coming to cuff us. You know what I'm saying? He's coming to persecute us. Can I, can I bring my boys with me? Can I, can I bring Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and whoever else you want to call? Can I bring, can I bring maybe just a sword? Can I carry my sword with me? Can I do something because this guy is bad news. <laughs> I love it. Because actually, if you look at the quote in the Bible, it just says, Jesus says, two word, one word, go. And it has an exclamation point. That means shut up. That's what that means. You're submitting it to me. All you do is you have one job. Obey. Obey or not. But I know because you call me Lord, you will obey. So you have a choice to obey or disobey the instructions that God gives you. I want to make it more personal real quick. And then we hit that last and final point, which will be so super fast. So for me, I want to make sure everyone understands. I got to say this again, because these things I'm going to describe to you were what I had to do. This is not about you. Okay. In this sense. All right. Cause everyone's going to have face, be faced with something different. So I'm a big, I was a big DMX guy. You know, I mean, I love my hip hop. I'm like, Ugh. And, I, and I was like, you know, DMX at the end of his CDs. He was like, did Jesus, it was you. To help me along the way, you know, you, if you know who DMX is, you know, and I know he just recently passed away, but I was a big DMX and hip hop guy. And when we got, when my wife and I first got saved, you know, we had CDs and I'm talking about thousands of dollars worth of CDs, walls of hip hop, R&B, crazy amount of CDs. And one of my instructions, <laughs> get rid of them. I said, what? Get them out. 
year. So I was like, all right, we're going to sell these CDs. No. I was like, what? If I want you to get rid of something that's going to pollute your soul, you're not going to give it to somebody else and pollute theirs. Now, I'm not saying, listen, if you listen to that, it's all good, right? By the way, I'm thank God for Lecrae and NF and all my other hip-hop, hip-hop people in the, in the, in, in, uh, who are down with G.O.D. But I'm just trying to tell you right now, right? That's something we have to do. We have to get rid of that stuff. You know why? Because what he showed me later on, matter of fact, even as I think about the music now and the songs now, this, there's something about music that transforms you from where you are to where you were back then. And then the thoughts of where you were back then takes you onto these other paths. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I had to get rid of those CDs. And then and, and then the same thing with that was what was being put in me or what was coming out of me. Because as I was listening to all those explicit lyrics and how they were totally against what God was saying for me or how they treat women and, and distorted what love was and how all this stuff, I was like, oh my gosh. I realized how that was connected to my pornography and that was connected to this and that was connected to my cursing. And I, I'm like, cursing? And it wasn't until I saw the scripture about cursing, because literally, listen, I'm just, I'm wrapping it up quick, right? Because that one act addressed a pornography act. That act addressed my cursing act. And I'm telling you, I cursed so bad. Only words you will understand besides my curse words were the and and. Matter of fact, that might be the only two other words that I use. It was like, and the, it was ridiculous. But you know what? He showed me a scripture, and I want to just share the scripture with you because it just blessed the, oh, it blessed me. And I, and I think it's John, uh, no, it's James, James 3, and then we're going to wrap it up. James 3, 9. I'm going to wrap it up. In James 3, 9, it talks about, <laughs> with the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with it we curse human beings who he hath created. <laughs> In his own image. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cussing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevines bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I'm going to tell you that was for me. It dropped off of me. I didn't try to stop cursing. It kind of just, I didn't realize that it kind of just stopped. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. If I see a mouse or a rat run across this floor right now, you might hear a word come out or two. Sometimes it just, you, you know, you don't know what happens, right? But normally, it's not part of my everyday life. It's not who I am anymore. So that brings us to our last point for today. When you have, or have an encounter with Christ, a change will take place. Not might take place. There's going to be a transformation thing that happens in you that makes you a new creature. That's all I can say about that. Right? Take a look at it. It says, and at the end of the chapter, it says, Saul um, was restored by sight and immediately, immediately he was baptized. All right? So I want to make sure you understand. I don't want, I don't want any churchosity to fit into this last thing here. Right? Baptism is a symbol. Okay, it is a symbol of being reborn, and we hear the term "born again." And 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 if you want to know about being born again, go go look at look up Nicodemus. I think it's in John fifteen or Matthew four. I, I have it there, but I want to make sure that you understand what what the process is. Right, when a baby is when a mother is pregnant, okay, she, the baby is in her womb and it's in fluids or water. All right, and the first thing that happens before a baby's born is the water breaks, and then a new life comes out. That's what baptism is symbolic of. All those old things. Now, hear this. Now, we can't be born again as in like back in our mother's womb, right? But here's the thing. We're still made new. We're still born again. It doesn't mean the things that we did are just automatically going to drop off and they're gone. Cursing took a, uh, or, or getting rid of that music and listening to certain things took a little bit of time to come off of me. Pornography took a little bit of time to come off of me, but they were dropping off and it took, but it came off. It doesn't mean that those thoughts don't go through your mind, but I'm still made new. I have a new desire to please God. I have a new desire to love people. I have a new desire in my heart to be a different person and not the person I once was because I found Christ. I am made new. So here's what I'm hoping for you guys today. Where do we go from here? How do we, how do we get this, right? How do I get that encounter? I want that encounter. I had that encounter. I lost my encounter. I want more encounters. 
It's not rocket science, people. Here's one. And I'm not saying all this for you, but let's just start with certain things. If you're a member, and I already told you, when you are here, your family is high point. And as a family right now, our daddy right now, our, our oversight is Pastor Andy. He has to answer to God. But our oversight, I want you to get this, is Pastor Andy. So when he, he says, you know, if you're a parent, you make suggestions, but they're not suggestions. So when he says, come on a prayer call on Wednesday morning at 730, Hey guys, I'd love to have you join the prayer call at 7.30. That's just like you're saying, hey kids, I'd love for you to wash the dishes or I'd love for you to take out the garbage. You would love for them to do it, but you also, you're telling them, go take out the garbage and wash my dishes. He's not going to say it to you that way because we don't want to get offended here, right? But I am telling you that that's what he means. Even if he, he might have to defend himself later on, but I'm going to say, this is how I take it because he's my spiritual father. On Father's Day, you guys should be able to understand that when a father says something, this is what we do. So easy step. Let's just get connected together. Join the life group. Men, I would love to see you on Thursday nights. We're going to have announcements at the end of how all this comes, but let's just take small steps. First step is what? Let's just be obedient to our pastor. Let's be submissive to our pastor. Let's do those things that are asked of us. Let's seek out an encounter with God. Let's study the word. Look up the scriptures that we talked about today. Don't take my word for it. God wants to meet you where you're at. I don't want you just to know the words. I want you to know the word that it's referring to. And if you notice from Paul, and this is my last words, I promise you, my eighth closing. If you notice from Paul, after his encounter with Christ, he wrote three thirds of the Bible because he took what he knew of the word and now he saw what everything that the word was pointing to Christ and it just brought a whole new different image on everything he was doing that's great Father God we just thank you today Father we thank you Lord God for your spirit we thank you Lord God for this I thank you for the opportunity Lord God I pray Lord God that 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 there is no offense taken today Father God that everything was received out of love but even if even if, I pray, Lord God, that we, we, all of us here, could look into our hearts to figure out why. Why did this chip at me? Why did this offend me? To find whatever truth you want, because you are the spirit of truth. I pray right now, Lord God, as hearts may be knocking, wondering if they had an encounter, wondering if they, or just desiring an encounter. I pray, Lord God, that you allow them to put them towards action. Even in the words that I say now, I pray, Lord God, that they just text HP Info to 97000, HP Info to 97000 so they could connect with someone that could counsel with them and talk to them and bring them into your fold, Father. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for our pastor. We pray that you continue to bless him and his family. We thank you for everyone that is online today, Lord God. We pray that you've just sent a special anointing over them from, from, from Kennesaw to Marietta to St. Louis to California to whatever, because your word promises to reach the whole nation, Father. It will go, it will go wildfire. So we do not put a limit on what this, this service will do and how far we will reach to spread your gospel. Bless them today. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, amen. Guys, I'm Gerald. I love you. And I really mean it. I don't really like people sometimes, but I love y'all. <laughs> right? Happy Father's Day. And moms, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. You deserve all that you get. I couldn't do it without you. We're partners in this. Have a great week. Thank you again, Gerald. That was really amazing. And uh, we just appreciate all that you give and do here at High Point. Absolutely. So good. With that, we have a few announcements for you this week. The first and foremost, uh, coming right up here on June 23rd, starting this week, we have our High Point Kids and Youth Night starting. We have four nights this summer. It's going to be great. It's going to be at our house. All you have to do is register. Let us know that you're going to come. Mm -hmm. We're going to have uh, small groups tailored to age groups. Food. And Food. Always food, right? Always There's food. always food at anything we do. Uh, but yes, parents, <laughs> if you're out there listening right now, text HP Info to 97000 and get your child registered. This is rising first graders. Listen, you can drop your kid and literally drive down the street like a mile <laughs> and go get a coffee and just kick it. We did not think this through because we're leading this. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the easiest thing in the world that you could do. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. That again is our rising first graders through middle school. Yeah. Don't miss it.
going to be fun. All right. So next Sunday is not a virtual service. Now, we'll have, uh, we have virtual options, digital options, for those of you who are not able to make it. Some of you are streaming from St. Louis. Some stream from California, Kamal Ram. Um, but we are having an in-person service at the 1808, the historic church in downtown Kennesaw. This is a preview service, helping us get ready and fine-tuned for the grand reopening of High Point yeah. in Kennesaw uh, in September. So this is an in-person service. We're super pumped and excited about it. And at this service, at the second service, uh, we have baby dedications. Yes. And we didn't get to do them last year. So we're doubling up. We're making up for babies who <laughs> didn't get prayed for. Some are toddlers now, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be like four-foot babies uh, that are getting prayed for. <laughs> Anyhow, baby dedications, <laughs> second service. We're going to give them a Bible they already can read, <laughs> but it's fine. No, no, no. All jokes aside, it's going to be a great Sunday. Absolutely. It's going to be super fun. So in-person service and baby dedications uh, this coming Sunday. Yes. And lastly, lastly, don't forget 4th of July cookout it is on July 4th. We're going to have hot dogs, burgers. You bring what you want for your family, uh, but we're going to provide hot dogs, burgers, and drinks. Mm -hmm. Swift Cantrell. It's going to be super fun. We hope that you can make it. Listen, all the details for everything you've just heard about, text HPINFO to 97000. You can also read about it in the church newsletter. You can also see some things on social media. Uh, we're, we're doing everything we can to communicate uh, best with you. Absolutely. With that, ladies and gents, have a great Father's Day and enjoy your week. We'll see you in person next Sunday. Bye. So encountering Christ, quite Christ. Blah, 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 blah. We learned that when 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 uh, the Enoch uh, and and who was it? Peter. Uh, good Lord, I can't think of the person's name. Philip. That's his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop now. Don't get going. Am I starting? No, I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It's been a long morning. Ah. Good grief. If you guys knew what I had to put Here up with go. already. Three, two, one. Uh, first and foremost, we have our High Point kids, uh, youth, and uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I, got my, I mashed that up. That's what the announcement is, right? I don't even know what just happened. What are the announcements?